Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast about the Kansas City Royals by a guy who has a feeling in his throat that seems like it might be a burp or something. Crisis avoided. Uploading every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you would subscribe to make sure that you are up to date with this podcast, I would appreciate that very much. But if you don't want to because you're like, you know what? You suck, man. I understand. You're welcome to feel that way. I uh, No hard feelings. In any case, today, what have we got on the list? Um... The Royals lost a baseball game on Wednesday, and then they did not lose a baseball game on Thursday because they did not play a baseball game. But if they did play a baseball game, odds are they would have lost it, but they didn't because it didn't exist. So I guess that's a victory in some kind of way. So with that loss to the Cleveland Guardians on Wednesday, the Royals have been swept like Morbius and we are now 16 and 33. A pretty um pretty clearly the worst team in the majors right now. The deficit is only growing as the Cincinnati Reds have actually somehow been playing okay baseball for the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, goodbye to that, I guess. Uh, but what does it matter? Who cares? Not only did the Royals lose, did I mention the score? They lost four to nothing. Um, so they they've been shut out, I believe, six times this year, which is the most in the majors, which is cool. And they w- were struck out fifteen times. So the Guardian staff just absolutely performed work on the Royals. Let's just put it that way. And it's funny. That it comes right after Monday's podcast where I was like, hey, the – wait, actually Wednesday's podcast. Today is Friday. When I was like, hey, the lineup is actually okay. The lineup isn't the issue with this team. Of course, it's befitting of this podcast for me to say something and then be immediately proven wrong. That's why no one listens to my show because I say wrong things. Uh, so yeah, they had a uh, one one of their worst, maybe even their worst day. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't like super embarrassing where they just completely uh made some terrible plays on offense and like 
had horrible base running blunders like has happened in the past, but they didn't even really set themselves up to do that in the first place. There was, there was just nothing. It was a big nothing game. Frankly, I barely even watched it. I had it on my laptop on the, beside me, while on my actual computer I was playing a video game. So that's what I was doing. I glanced over occasionally to be like, oh, what's going on? Nothing? Okay, cool. Brad Keller was the starter of that game, and... He, in a way, had a typical Brad Keller start where he was just trying to get a lot of ground ball outs, uh, wasn't striking out anybody. He only had one strikeout through six innings. Three walks, which is a little bit high for him. However, the pitch-to-contact style that he has really came back to haunt him in this game as the Guardians just took advantage of it and were able to place balls where fielders weren't. So that sort of strategy, which has been so good for Brad Keller usually, it just didn't work out. And the Guardians were able to capitalize on whatever hits they got because it's not like they had a, a, a big inning at any point. They had four runs in four separate innings. So they were just pretty good at getting guys into scoring position and then driving them home. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. They were very, very efficient. And I think it was only eight hits or seven hits. So, yeah, very, very efficient game on offense from the Guardians. Uh, if I was a Guardians fan, man, I would be so happy. I would be over the moon. But I'm not a Guardians fan. I don't like the Guardians at all. I'm a Royals fan. How unfortunate. But... No more gloom and doom talk. Let's talk about some happy, exciting, wonderful news. Guys, have you heard? The Royals have made a transaction. Oh boy, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. You know, on Wednesday, I'm like, you know what? Thursday, there's an off day and the team is so bad that they have to do something. They have to make major changes to this team, to this entire franchise, basically. And boy, did they have an answer. Did they have a response at the ready. They have been waiting to pull the trigger on this. It's exactly what Royals fans have been hoping to hear. Are you ready for this big breaking news announcement? On Thursday, the Kansas City Royals traded prospect Johans Morel for Texas relief pitcher Albert Abreu. What's the matter? Why aren't you excited? Why aren't you celebrating? Why aren't you jumping up and down cheering going, Woo! Yeah, baby! That's what we've all been waiting for! I mean, come on, guys. It's Albert Abreu. Don't tell me you've never heard of Albert Abreu. He's got a 12.5 BB through 9 this year. He has a career 4.6 BB through 9. He's a 26-year-old relief pitcher. Why isn't this exciting news? Oh yeah, because uh, the Royals tend to walk a lot of guys Anybody? anyway. So, bringing in a guy who walks a lot of guys doesn't seem like the most optimal solution. I don't know if it's necessarily a solution. I think the Royals just made a move for the sake of making a move. Maybe our genius scouts who say that Vinny Pascantino wasn't ready have looked at this guy and were like, hey... This guy's got some good stuff. 
why don't we trade for him and see if we can, uh, you know, work on it a little bit. Worked for Josh Stamont, I guess. What if we can make this guy into Josh Stamont? That would be cool. You know what? I'd love to be proven. Um, I would like for them to feel vindicated. So I'm going to root for a Mr. Abreu because he is now my favorite player named Abreu in the American League Central Division. And even if this fails, it's a nothing move. It is it is just a nothing move. The guy we gave up, Johans Morel, um, he, he actually um, has a bit of name recognition for Royals fans because he is the last remaining piece of the Kelvin Herrera trade, if you remember that. All the way back in 2018, he's also the least significant part of it because at the time we acquired him, he was like 17 or 18 years old, had like just come into the major, or not the major, the professional league, or maybe he even, maybe... No, I, I can you trade international level prospects? I don't actually know if you can do that. So yeah, in, in any case, he was uh he was basically a lottery ticket prospect. The two actual prospects that we uh got for Herrera were Kelvin Gutierrez, who didn't work out. You know, we saw him for a while in the majors, just wasn't wasn't good, and also. Blake Perkins, who was in the organization up to last year, but he seemed to be a minor league non-tender, just didn't really uh, do anything confidence-inspiring in uh, in the minors. So that's where Kelvin Herrera got us now. He is now Albert Abreu. So let's hope that uh, let's hope that Albert Abreu will be an excellent addition to this Royals bullpen because. Boy, do we need some excellent additions to the Royals bullpen. The Royals have also announced that there is going to be a 40-man move. Uh, the, uh, sorry, uh, let me re reorganize that. Let me restart. The Royals have also announced that Abreu is on the 40-man roster, and they will announce a corresponding move soon. So right now, I don't have that move. We're probably not going to. I'm probably not going to be able to talk about it until Monday's podcast. I'm sure it will be made clear. Um, probably today, probably later on today. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there are more things happening, uh, later on today, because like I said, I really thought something was going to happen on Thursday. I really thought they needed to do something. And I even heard, I even heard a rumor saying that Dayton Moore was actually in Omaha on Wednesday and Thursday. Don't know what that, uh, don't know what that means. Don't know what it could mean. Just that he was there. I don't know, dude. But in any case, um, by the way, if you're wondering about uh, Morel and like how he was doing, he's just he's a relief pitcher with like a four ERA in one of the A levels, I think, uh, Quad Cities. Uh, he has a five. He has a a career BB nine of five or whereabout or thereabouts. So it doesn't really look like he's uh going to develop into anything that's why this is a definitively nothing move so actually it could be a good move because I, I mean at the very least you got a major league piece out of basically nothing so I, i'm i guess i'm okay with it it's just you know not the move that anybody wanted to hear about so 
I wouldn't be surprised if more things happen on over the weekend. Then again, how many times have we said, oh man, the Royals got to do this, like right now. And then, and, and to this day, we are still waiting on them to do those things. They don't like making moves, even moves that make sense that uh, we want to see, that fans demand to see. So maybe they'll do nothing over the weekend uh, except um, announce a 40-man roster spot because oh man who who on this 40 man on the on this 40 man roster could they possibly remove who could they possibly subtract who is not good that they just uh, i don't know dude. whatever whatever okay well that's about uh it for current royals events they are going to play the Houston Astros this weekend. Ooh, oh boy, the Houston Astros. You know, the team with uh, one of the best records in baseball. They are 33-18. and 18. They are almost a perfect inversion of our own record. Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, so, yeah. And then we play the Blue Jays afterwards. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. If we lose the next four games and only win one in the next five, and then we go uh, 17 and 38. All right, wait, we need to go. We need to lose five. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we only win one game in the next six games. One out of six, because the Astros are great and the Blue Jays are great. But if that happens, then we go 17 and 38. And uh, then things will get better for us. Then things will be looking a lot better. All right, well, there is one thing I wanted to talk about, and it's something I've been kind of holding off on. I held off on this for, um, on Wednesday's podcast, and it's basically I want to make my opinions clear on this Royals front office and management. So basically the immediate Major League management, the guys that we all know about, I kind of want to make my thoughts about them known and what I kind of want to happen with each of them. So we've got five names here, Dayton Moore, J.J. Piccolo, uh, Lonnie Goldberg, Mike Matheny, and Cal Eldred. Those are the big five names, the big five names that everybody's talking about when it comes to the Royals. So let's get them out of the way. Where where do I, how, how do I feel about them, basically? How do I feel about these five guys and uh, what what do I think that should happen with them or whatever? All right, just a quick evaluation for them. So let's start off from the bottom of the list and I guess the least powerful position, the pitching coach position. What do I think of Cal Eldred? <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Mike Matheny. How do I feel about Mike Matheny as a manager? And what do I think should happen with him? Should should the Royals fire this guy? That's that's the question for these guys. All five of them. Should he, should they be fired? Relieved of their duties? Whatever. Now, Mike Matheny, here's the thing. I do think the Royals should fire him. But I don't think he's a bad manager. It's kind of a weird, contradictory position that I'm in with Matheny. I genuinely do not believe that Mike Matheny is a bad manager. I just think he's not the right fit for this Royals team, for this roster. I think that the way Matheny has managed in his time with the Royals 
it's a it's a style that is very very try hard and competitive. I've 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 used this word a lot. I think Matheny is a very try hard manager. Dayton Moore back in 2020 or so, he said that in regards to uh, Matheny taking over as manager, he's like M- Dayton Moore was like we're going to win every game, every inning, every pitch, every at bat. And I kind of feel like Matheny has really done his best to follow that example to be like all right we need to have all we need to use all of our best options immediately when they're available we're going to hook the starting pitcher well before the sixth inning just because we don't think they can get out of it just 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 to avoid the risk of them giving up runs we're immediately going to go to the bullpen we're immediately going to use our best relievers and all of that and i know this might be hard to believe i know that a lot of people just don't agree with Matheny's decisions, I just kind of think that he doesn't have the best tools to work with a lot of the time. And and look, he's definitely not perfect with his decision making, but I really feel like overall his mentality and his style of managing is this very competitive win every game, win now, win immediately, very try hard approach. I think that's how he uh, approaches the game, just has this super, you, you get it, you know. Um, and I just don't think that it works for this Royals team. This Royals team needs to be more patient with its players. All right. Let them struggle a little bit. Let the kids fail is what I said a couple episodes ago. That should be what they're doing. Let the young guys develop and let them get playing time, even if they're not doing particularly well. Okay. But Matheny just, he, he just doesn't seem to understand that he doesn't seem to have patience for players who are struggling and if they are struggling then it's because they're a veteran or whatever so they're he's still going to use them in the off chance that they do get it together or whatever because sure carlos santana has been known throughout his career to be a very good hitter so if, if we keep playing him then that good hitter will come back maybe i guess I don't know. The point is, basically, I think if Matheny went to a team that is, like, immediately in playoff contention, or at the very least trying to, like, like they like they should be. Like, they've been to the playoffs very recently, and they expect to go back to the playoffs this year. The White Sox, okay? If Matheny went to the White Sox, I think he would be really good over there. I think that he would be winning a lot more games with that team. I, I think he'd be able to utilize the talent he has on that roster a lot better than he's been able to utilize the talent on a struggling Royals team. A struggling and very incomplete Royals team. I think that's what, that is my m- opinion of Mike Matheny. I, I like that they hired him. I actually really like that they hired him because it was something new. It was something different. All right, they 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 wanted to move on from Ned Yost. They wanted to move on from the old-fashioned ways and embrace a more modern, analytical style of baseball. I think Matheny has really done that. I think he has kind of shown up to do what he was told to do. The problem is it just isn't the right fit for this team right now. So that's my opinion of him. They should fire him. And I know it'll suck because a lot of people will be like, uh uh-huh, told you so, we knew Mike Matheny was bad, and it's like, it's just not for the same reasons that, what, however he got fired from St. Louis last time, and it's, you know, really going to tank his reputation, because 
because of how he got fired last time, and now he gets fired from the worst team in baseball. Yeah, it's not a good look, but seriously, I feel like if he was given a playoff caliber team, he would be able, he would be successful. I, I really think that. So that's my take on Matheny. Good manager. I really do think he's a good manager, just not the guy that we need right now. So moving up, uh, Goldberg, Lonnie Goldberg, who was now the farm director, and for a while he was the scouting director um, of the Royals, been around for a long time, obviously. And I'm I'm bringing up his name because he just sometimes gets thrown around in the conversations because you could say that the prospects that we have now are his responsibility, basically. He's the one who's been handling drafts for a good long while, and I guess player development, well, I don't know if that's really his thing, but let's let's just say he is a name being kind of thrown around when it comes to the Royals and how people think, or that that didn't make any sense at all. When people talk about who needs to go in this Royals organization, when people are talking about, like, all right, who are the bad guys that we need to get rid of in this organization? Goldberg's name comes up sometimes because it is true that Goldberg has had a pretty great number of failures, especially when it comes to the first round draft picks between, like, 2009 and 2016 or so where like your best pick is Hunter Dozier and I get that I really do get that however I personally think that it's been rectified since then because you look at what's what the Royals have been doing since 2016 you know you know 2017 and beyond 2017 we got Nick Prado and MJ Melendez and look at them. They're, they're, they're top prospects right now. Melendez is our best hitter, arguably, in the major leagues. So I don't think you can really knock him for that. Uh, 2018, all of those pitchers that we drafted, sure, you can say that they're not developing well and that they're not going well. But can you really truly say that it was like a failed, that, or rather, not that it was a failed draft, but like, could, can you fault him and the Royals for trying? You know, back when that happened, that draft, people were, like, really surprised, but in a pleasant way, where it's like, oh, wow, the Royals, like, really got a lot of talent here with Brady Singer and Jackson Kowar and Chris Bubich and Daniel Lynch and Jonathan Bolin and Daniel Tillo and Austin Cox and just so many names. It just, it felt like the list would go on forever, all these guys that they got in 2018. And I don't think you can fault Goldberg for that, even if it hasn't panned out well so far. So far, there is still time. There is still time for this to turn around and become successful if he gets two good pitchers out of that draft. That should be a success. Even if the two are the two highest picks, which I think would be Brady Singer and then actually Jackson Kowar. Um, but it looks like it will be Brady Singer and Daniel Lynch. I don't know. But I don't. I personally don't think Goldberg can be blamed for the recent Royals drafts. Sure, like 09 or maybe 2010 uh, to 2016, yeah, bad. Not good. Pretty bad. But 2017 beyond, all right? Nick Prado, MJ Melendez, Brady Singer, um, Bobby Witt Jr. in 2019, Asa Lacey in 2020. And 2021 so far, This is I think this is going to be the make or break draft year because 
they threw a curveball by drafting Frank Mazzucato and Ben Kaderna, doing a big underslot for Mazzucato so they could get Kaderna, as well as a couple as the couple other batters that they got later on. But so far, Mazzucato and Kaderna have been looking really good. Like, really good. And if just one of them turns out to be good, then it's justified. That draft is totally justified. Even if all the people, no matter how many people were like, oh, we should have gotten, ja- uh, what was his name, Kumar Rocker or Brady House and all these guys. No, like, what's going uh. But if one of those pitchers pans out to be a great MLB player, which is possible, I mean, it does require a lot of things to go right, and it is a long ways away. But at the at the very least, right now, you can say, all right, they were kind of on to something. Because those two guys have a huge amount of talent. If you haven't heard about what Matsukado and Kanerna have been doing in the minor leagues so far this year, really check it out. Check out like the Royals Farm guys and check out their reports on them. They have been raving about those two. So Goldberg, definitely not perfect and has made a lot of mistakes in the past. But... I think that in recent years, he has improved significantly. He's kind of turned it around, and I feel a lot more confident in him going forward uh, than I would in 2018 or so. So I'm going to say he's fine. I don't think he needs to be fired. I think he can stay here. Now, going up higher to J.J. Piccolo, the, the actual general manager that we have right now. Um, Dayton Moore's quote-unquote replacement. However, is he really the replacement? I kind of question what Piccolo's role actually is and, like, how much power, how much control does he have over this organization? Because, sure, as the general manager, as the acting general manager, it's easy to blame him for a lot of things. But at the same time, like, what does he do and what does Dayton Moore do? It seems like you've got two guys who have the same job, basically, because Dayton Moore is still speaking on behalf of many things in the organization and still, I think, is rumored to have um, the power to, you know, make transactions and basically continue acting as a general manager. So it really makes me wonder, like, what is Piccolo doing and what can he be held responsible for? Because another thing that I've sort of been hearing about is how apparently like firing Terry Bradshaw a couple weeks ago, that was something that Piccolo wanted to do, but Dayton Moore didn't. It seems like there's just some kind of division in this front office, which kind of explains why the Royals have been such a mess this year with how they've handled their players, their young players, never giving Kyle Isbell playing time. Um moving Brady Singer to the bullpen and then never letting him pitch and, you know, sending a guy, who was it that got sent down to the minors for like one day and then came back up? Was it Isbell or was it Singer? I No, it wasn't Singer. It couldn't have been Singer. It might have been Isbell. I don't know, dude. But it just seems like there are some disagreements as to what the Royals should be doing. And the guys who are in power, the guys who have the ability to make these decisions, they are just conflicting with one another. It's kind of like the Royals are saying they're going to do one thing and then they're doing the complete opposite. So it makes me wonder, like, how much can Piccolo be blamed um, for these sorts of things? But I think that this division is on the fault of Dayton Moore. 
because Dayton Moore is in the highest power. He ha- he is the president of the baseball club. He has power to rule over all, except John Sherman, because John Sherman can say, no, get out. And maybe that's what John Sherman should do. I'm kind of leaning into the crowd of Dayton Moore needs to be fired. I really kind of think that because it, it, it's it's very difficult for me to say this because kind of like Mike Matheny, I think that Dayton Moore, I don't know if he's necessarily a good general manager, but I will definitely say that he does do some things very, very well. And it's why I, I'm normally hesitant to get rid of him because particularly the way he builds a good relationship with his players 